0: Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another edition of 10,000 Pitchers presented by our good, good friends over at Stimulus Athletic. There are so many local, national, even worldwide soccer clubs who utilize Stimulus Athletic for their game gear and on and off the field apparel. You just look at the Anguilla National Team, you look at local teams like Turbo Sports FC and Vlora, teams nationwide like Tulsa Athletic, they all trust Stimulus Athletic to outfit them. And you should too. That is the exact reason why you should, because so many other great clubs do. Go to StimulusAthletic.com, and you just click that Get Started button, and you kind of fill out a form. If you have a design already, you just kind of want Stimulus Athletic to do it, by all means, go for it. If you don't have a design, they have a pretty great design team. The, if you look at the 10K kit, what we dropped last summer, that was done by stimulus's design team, and everybody I know loves the 10K kit. So um, go to StimulusAthletic.com, click that Get Started button, and let Stimulus Athletic outfit your club. With quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices. That consultation is free. It's free to just talk to them. So make sure you do that. Stimulusathletic.com. Click that get started button and don't forget to let them know that Jeremy from 10,000 Pitches sent you. Here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome into another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond, presented by our good friends over at Stimulus Athletic. If you are a club looking to outfit your team with quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices, look no further than StimulusAthletic.com. Um, thanks so much for tuning into another episode. We reached episode 52. Now last week was our big one year anniversary episode. So now we are officially in year two of the podcast and can't thank you enough for helping us get this far. Um, if you have not yet subscribed, please do so. Um, it'll notifies you whenever we drop a new episode and then, uh, go ahead and leave us a rating and review if your platform allows it. And I always add this little caveat. If you have an iPhone, or some sort of Apple device and Apple podcast isn't your preferred podcast platform, still go over there and leave us a, a positive review. If you could, it does, it does so much for our placement and how many people see 10 K. You can also follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, mainly Twitter and Instagram at 10 K pitches. Um, Last week, like I said, our big one-year anniversary episode, we had a bracket of 10K stuff, went through 10K stats. Also had a great chat with Joy Athletic Assistant Coach Lou Minas, along with players Marco Corona-Duran and Zinedine Creighton. So if you haven't checked out last week's episode yet, I would highly recommend you do so. Um, this week, this interview is actually already up on our YouTube channel. So if you're more of like the visual type, go ahead and check it out. But great chat with Maplebrook Soccer Club event organizer and owner of both the Maplebrook Fury of the WPSL and the Maplebrook 58ers of the UPSL. He's John Viardin. But right now I get to welcome in a very, very special guest co-host this week. It's Small World Soccer owner and creator Danny Catula. Danny, how you doing
1: tonight, man? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Love that hype, man. It's you know, it's, I don't feel like an owner very much. I just feel like a, a dude with a weird passion that's just getting <laughs> it out in a bizarre way that people semi tolerate. Uh, but owner sounds a lot better than that. So, uh, so I appreciate you hyping me up and uh, really excited to be on, man. Glad we could kind of kind of flip the script to this. I've had you on uh, Small World a couple of times and it's been fantastic. So. Excited to to get a shot at 10K.
0: Well, I definitely owe you more than one guest spot here. So I'll be looking for Danny on another episode here of 10K in the not-so-distant future. Yeah, he's had me on twice. Very, very uh, grateful for that. Check out his podcast, The Small World Soccer Report. And also – Good friend of the podcast, Josh Ramf over from a FC is also involved with small world with both the soccer report and the small world score sheet. So just look up small world soccer on your preferred podcast platform, go check it out. And then uh, just look up small world soccer and everything. They're doing great written content on the website. Is it small, the small or what's the exact uh, URL over there,
1: Danny? Yeah. So small dot blog. Uh, that's okay. where you can find our uh, blog content pretty easy. Now our SEO is, is, you know, on the rise, major stonks over there. So, uh, <laughs> you can just, you could probably, as long as you put small world is all one word that goes for podcasting and for Google searches, you will find us, which is a beautiful thing that did not exist uh, a year ago. So, uh, grateful for y'all supporting us and, and letting that SEO be what it is. Uh, you can just go small with soccer blog or just Google small world soccer that'll uh show you to the right place
0: small world soccer to the moon indeed yes um so danny we're gonna go over some sort of high level stuff going on in lower league soccer here locally and kind of how it goes nationwide uh, but first I want to talk a little bit about uh, we always do this segment players with local ties. You know, there are a lot of players in MLS and, and uh, abroad who do have local ties to here in Minnesota and the twin Cities specifically. So I would just like to give a little bit of update on how they're doing. Um, it always seems like we're talking about Medina native Caden Clark, though. Tally's another goal in New York Red Bulls two to one win over Orlando city. He's got three goals on the year so far. And he's a guy who's actually going over to Red Bull Leipzig in Germany um, after the 2022 season. So big, uh, big, uh, uh, future for him, bright future for him. And then also got an update for you, um, abroad in Cyprus. Uh, so Minneapolis native McQuelli Akale has been over there playing with Paphos FC in Cyprus. Oh,
1: I love them. Their Twitter fall fo- is fantastic. Their Twitter admin is brilliant.
0: Their Twitter is great, but their website gives me no information on what's going on. With the
1: team. <laughs> That's true. And I will, it's I will all in I will give you- So I I have,
0: I have the, the FAT mob notification set up for, for Paphos and, and because I want to keep tabs on what he's doing. And I've noticed from like January on, he just hasn't been on the team sheet, like at all. And I'm looked, I'm like, is he hurt? What's going on? And I just couldn't find any information. So finally just had to start texting people locally who might know like, Hey, do you know what's going on with McQuellay? Do you know what's going on with McQuellay? And finally I got some, uh, I got some uh, response that he did get hurt back in January um, and there was a small chance that he was going to be able to make it back before the end of their season, but that was on Sunday, actually. So uh, their season's over. Obviously, he didn't make it back um, from his injury in time for the end of the season, but um, obviously this gives him an opportunity to rest up and get back on the field for them uh, in the 2021-22 campaign. So that's what's going on with Mukwele. Um, definitely a name to watch out for, though. He's, he's been on the rise, and as long as he can stay healthy, he will do big things over there in Paphos and in Europe, as a whole. Um, so let's go over the, the scoreboard though, quickly go through what happened in the world of lower league, semi-professional and professional soccer in and around the upper Midwest this past week, um, started on Friday, Med city FC big, uh, match against joy athletic at home there in Rochester. They handle joy athletic three to one, which sets up a potential matchup of the unbeatens. If Med city can hold serve, um, this coming week against Sioux falls, um, or excuse me, Dakota fusion, I should say, um, as they will take on Minneapolis city on Saturday there at Ador Nelson field. So a potential uh, battle of unbeatens there. Um, but Danny med city FC also involved in the 2021 NISA independent cup. And this is really cool. So this is something that NISA put together. It's the second year that they put this together. And basically this is to kind of essentially make up for the lack of a u.s open cup right this is to give these fourth tier open division clubs a chance to actually play in a a, on a national stage and against competition not only in that fourth tier but also there's eight clubs within nisa who are competing as well so it's definitely that competition that you would get from the open cup but it's just nisa putting it together
1: yeah it's absolutely right i mean it it is a fantastic time to bring this back and, and really uh, major props to Nista for doing so just because, you know, it was such a hit last time and the, the kind of connection between different leagues, right. It's just something we rarely see. And I, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's news to, to talk about later on that, on that front of, of, you know, leagues uniting, but yeah. I mean, there's just such a lack of, you know, fair play between the two sides and kind of working together to create, you know, one unified competition and so the independent cup absolutely stands out in that regard. So much, you know, amateur talent, uh, in those games. And there were, there were a few teams that really surprised us with how well they did. Uh, Maryland Bobcats is a, a name that jumps out on the page over there. They're beating NISA teams before they were even a part of NISA. You know, they were, mm-hmm. they were technically back UPSL back then. They hadn't even yep. started NPSL. So, uh, They were, they were really taking names and people didn't expect it. Um, Expect that again. Uh, There's, there's teams like space United out on the West coast that are going to surprise some people Uh, in the Southeast Savannah Clovers is back. They'll be in the independent cup. And like you said, Med city, I mean, a great choice. It's uh, you look at Nisa and, and the, uh, the amount of, you know, kind of, uh, they have so many clubs that they can choose from, you know, and they're really taking a handful from every region you can tell that they are able to kind of choose the best of the best and the cream of that crop uh, med city definitely is, is a team that deserves to be in there. And one of those teams that I think is going to surprise some Nisa clubs.
0: So med city in the Midwest division alongside Nisa's Chicago house, AC, and this will actually be our first look at Chicago house because they were announced before the season started, but obviously they wouldn't have time to get a roster together and things like that before the start of the 2021 season. So their first Action will be in the independent cup, which is very, very interesting that Med City will sort of be part of that with them. And then Union Dubuque and Milwaukee Torrent round out that Midwest division. All in all, 28 quote unquote independent or fourth tier slash open tier clubs and then eight NISA clubs uh, begins in July. And I reached out to a couple of other NPSL North clubs uh, just you know about their, their potential interest in, in whether or not they were considering joining this cup, this tournament, and kind of their overall thoughts on it. And a lot of them said, you know, this would have been this this would have sounded great. This would have been great. But there was a a big potential for overlap with the NPSL season and and NPSL playoffs specifically because this does begin in July. So it's going to be interesting to see how Med City navigates this along with any potential playoff run that they can make in the NPSL as well. Kind of balancing those two together. Very European soccer esque with multiple competitions going on at the same time.
1: It is. And that's another thing where we kind of have to see how well those two leagues are going to play, you know, alongside each other with scheduling. Uh, Because for Med City, you definitely don't want to be put in a position of, you know, first round of the playoffs or even, you know, last couple weeks of the season, trying to grab points, grab a a playoff spot, you know, do you sacrifice that league? And again, it goes back to, like you said, kind of a European question that, you know, in England, they've got like, what, five different competitions to balance, you know, all in the same season. So, you know, you got to really balance, like, they don't have three teams worth of players that they can draw from, you know, that they're paying. It's it's amateur guys, you know, so it's those those 18 to 20 guys are those 18 to 20 guys that they have. They can't you know, they don't have somebody who can just, you know, rotate through their third tier. You know, they don't have a youth system that they can just bring guys up for. It's you you have to play those players. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that scheduling works. But I mean, seriously, Med City, I like you. Well, they're going to be in this playoff conversation. It's not like that won't yeah. be a problem for them. And they will certainly be uh, very competitive in, in the independent cup. It's so cool to watch. And uh, yeah. they're one of those teams that it gets a chance to shine and, and gets a, a lot more exposure from that. Uh, and like you said, Chicago house brand new uh, started signing some players and there's a Ford Madison alum. Who yeah, was, just uh, today. Signed. I can't say his name. It's Polish and it's sad because I'm half Polish, uh, you know, the descendancy wise. I'm Not even I,
0: try
1: I, either guy either. Wogjek something. I don't know. Worj Narowski, whoever that ESPN guy is. That's what yeah, I mean. His Twitter
0: up. at his Twitter handle is like Waj underscore
1: Woj. So it's like, <laughs> oh, like
0: he's like the second coming of of
1: Woj. I guess so, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's double Woj, but uh, but yeah, he's obviously a, a really top-class player. So uh Chicago House isn't messing around. Peter Wilt knows what he's doing. I've mm. uh, been involved in in a few of the kind of uh inner uh, workings of of that club being started and kind of been able to to be in the room for a lot of really cool conversations they are building that the right way yeah. uh, and doing a lot of cool things so that's uh, you know a piece of history for med city to be a part of
0: absolutely very very cool Um, so moving on here in the npsl north scoreboard uh, on saturday duluth blanks lc aris 3-0 another double for the blue green sydney warden this is six goals in three games for oh. Sydney. They played three matches. He's got, he's got a double in all three of them. So this guy's wow. on fire um, did so against Minneapolis city in their second match too. So it's not like he's feeding, feasting off the bottom of the league. This is, this is some quality stuff from Sydney Warden. definitely a name to watch out for. Um, you know, when, when we get the football manager team of the weeks and uh, eventually team of the years and NPSL starts doing kind of their national uh, player of the year, t- uh, you know, team of the year conversations, um, Sydney Warden's going to be on that list and in that conversation for sure if he can just keep up half of what he's done over these first three matches this is insane
1: yeah that's incredible I mean you know I don't know it's it's if he doesn't have a hat trick yet you know can we really be that impressed true, you know what's what's six goals in three matches you know that's you know after taxes that's like you know a goal a match I don't know. But, <laughs> but no I mean it's it, that's incredible uh and that level of consistency because I mean you look at NPSL or UPSL or whatever league you know below I mean, yeah, heck, even go up to MLS. You know, there's, there's a huge gap in quality. You know, it's not like you're playing the, the same quality level of team uh, every single week. So you can look at one or two matches and say, oh, you know, you played Ares, you know, you played Dakota Fusion. No, no disrespect to any of those clubs. But I mean, once you play the Crows, you know, once you're playing, you know, Med City, and obviously they're already Duluth, but, you know, one of those clubs, and now, now you've proven yourself and said, okay, doesn't matter what, you know, back line you're going up against. There's just a sense that, that you have to be able to beat that guy, no matter how good he is, no matter what shirt he's wearing, you know, that's, that's what proves to me. This dude's going to consistently score all year long. um, And that's, that's pretty exciting for sure.
0: And they're going to need him if they're going to compete because Med City is strong. Minneapolis city, obviously very much as advertised um, through the first few matches. So um, very exciting to see where Sydney Warden goes from here. Um, and then uh, Sioux Falls wins round one of the Dakota Derby four to one over the Dakota fusion, uh, big win for Sioux Falls. Um, you know, we mentioned Dakota, you mentioned Dakota in the, in the, in the previous game, talking about uh, teams at the bottom of the league. I and mean, these were two teams that were very much starved for points here. Um, yeah. Obviously Dakota still looking for points um, near, near the bottom. And um, these are two teams that I I've noticed that were really, really um, hampered by uh, just, just a lack of a, of, the, the player pool that you get here in the twin cities and in Minnesota um, you know Dakota fusion and Sioux falls, both teams that in the past have found themselves near the top of the table in the NPSL, but coming off the heels of a pandemic and just not having that maybe same access that you did before um, it can, it can kind of turn that around in the opposite direction real quick.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's a great point you bring up because from an outsider's perspective, I look at it and say, man, they took a step back. It looked like both of them were really growing and and building towards, you know, being really competitive and and making that kind of bottom half of the league a lot more, you know, competitive and, and, and adding a lot more parity to that division, which is already, you know, a grown man's league. Uh, but I mean, you, you you look at it and I mean, it's, it's a great point. It's almost impossible already to draw players, not, not only because, you know, the cities that they're in are smaller, the markets are smaller, and there's less of a soccer influence, but also it's really hard to get people from, Surrounding areas, you know, in, in Minneapolis, you've got suburbs, you know, you've got places that you can draw from two, three hours away that somebody comes in place for the summer, you know, but I mean, well, there's not a whole lot of, of division one or really any NCAA schools in the area. There's not a whole lot of suburbs that you can draw from. You pretty much have the people directly around you uh, in an already, you know, soccer starved city, I guess. Um, it's, it's a very difficult place uh, to draw a lot of talent from, so it makes sense that uh, that they've taken a step back in a pandemic year. Uh, and uh, good on Sioux Falls for for grabbing a, a pretty convincing win there. Like you said, they needed those three points, and that's the kind of win in a derby match that maybe kind of propels you. Maybe they're they're uh, headed more towards mid table with that one. That was uh, pretty convincing for me.
0: Yeah, and I, I've talked with Dan Haggerty from Sioux Falls. I've talked with Tyler Epping uh, and Sajid Gori from uh, you know Dakota Fusion. You know th- these are two well-run clubs. Oh yeah. Um, very well-run clubs. And like you said, they, they look to be on the, on the ascent um, maybe considering the circumstances, this may not be the year for them. I hope they prove me wrong and I hope we kind of do see that bottom half start to play up a yeah. little bit and uh, and really provide that parity that we hope to see. Um, but it also it could also be a case where 2021, maybe just isn't the year for them. Um, and maybe they need an, another year to sort of build and, and kind of get back to where they were. So that will be kind of the question on my mind as we look forward uh, with those Dakota teams specifically. Um, But moving on now to the UPSL, I call it the UPSL North. It's the UPSL Midwest Conference West Division. Um, This has been a very, talk about parity. This has actually been a very competitive league so far this season uh, with uh, quite a few teams. I say four or five teams that are very much in the conversation of teams that could win this um, at this point. Uh, Brooklyn Knights very much there. Um, they top Granite city three to two. And that was a battle of top tier contenders, both Brooklyn Knights and Granite city near the top of the table. Um, I've seen both play in person, both very impressive squads. So for Brook- Brooklyn to get that three to two win, um, definitely big for them on Saturday. And then Minneapolis city too, right now who sit at the top of the table on goal differential. Um, they went down to Rochester and came away with a three to one win to remain at the helm there. So you look at the NPSL and the UPSL, it's crows on top on, on in, in both. And um, obviously from the NPSL standpoint, you do expect that. Um, but Minneapolis City too, I expected them to be there, but I wasn't 100% sure what exactly to expect, to expect from the rookery, they call themselves. Uh, yeah. But they have, been, they have been pretty impressive. A 4-0 win last week, a 3-1 win this week. Um, so they're, they're, they're getting it together. And after a couple, uh, uh, a couple matches where it took them a little bit to get their footing, um, they're definitely on the up and up right now.
1: That's par for the course for them, isn't it? You know, yeah. to just exceed expectations. And when you think it's impossible to, to, you know, have your expectations raised for them at all, you know, we, we all know, those of us who know them well, we all know they're gonna go out and kill whatever they do, and yet they continue to exceed those expectations. Yep. We're like, how are you doing this? It's uh, it's really impressive. I'm pretty sure Dan Hudeman is some kind of magician. Um, <laughs> but, uh, they're fantastic. They know exactly what they're doing, um, and they've they've been very authentic. You know, that's just a club that is very down to earth, and it feels personal. Like it, 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 you know exactly what their thought process is. It's not complicated. It's not corporate. And that's yeah, obviously that's kind of their their uncorporate hashtag slogan, uncorporate. Exactly. I have one of those stickers. <laughs> Shout out to them. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's cool to see a club that's so personalized, you know, that you can feel like it, it you can belong to it and it feels authentic. Um, it's, it's really that's something special that they do. And obviously, they're proven that they, they have a lot of quality on the field as well. It's not just, you know, um, what they can do off the field and, and their community outreach. Uh, but dude, the UPSL all over the country is the freaking wild, wild west, man. It's, it's the most incredibly like entertaining, like so many goals in Georgia. Anyway. I mean, you have like six, five, six, four, five, four every week, man. It's crazy. There's so many goals. uh, So much. I mean, just the, the, the parody, like you mentioned is insane. Um, It's just, you know, anybody can go out and win on any given week. It's what happens when you have such an accessible low-cost barrier to soccer you know you get so many so many clubs so many people involved that wouldn't be able to be a part of it otherwise and so you just kind of get a little bit of everybody Mm -hmm. and it's awesome dude it's it's really cool it's got its pros and cons but I love it so let me ask you a question Danny
0: because the UPSL is kind of interesting this year in that they have the national tournament set up and the qualification process for the national tournament is going to be based off regular season standings regular season positioning um but you still have obviously the conference tournaments and the conference uh, playoffs as well. Have you been talking with any clubs or gotten a sense of, of where, how teams are going to sort of prioritize the end of this year versus, you know, making sure they're ready for the national tournament versus going all in on the conference championships. Um, Are you getting a sense of what those teams are thinking and how they're kind of feeling that way?
1: Yeah, no, I, I the UPSL is one of those leagues that, you know, from the, the top of the league itself, all the way down to regional leagues and individual clubs, like just, really great connections that I'm really fortunate to have. So especially in the southeast, a lot of the divisions I deal in, um, it looks like for the most part those divisional playoffs are actually going to decide who goes okay uh to the nationals. Um and I don't I would be shocked if anything is uh equal across the board in a year like this. So I'm I'm sure that's different in different places. Um but uh yeah you're gonna see you know Southeast mid-Atlantic Southeast Georgia uh in the mid-south as well with Tennessee and Kentucky I don't really know what a Mid-South is, but they called it that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but no, so those, those uh, divisional playoffs are going to qualify okay. you. Uh, winners of Mid-South and Mid-Atlantic, the entire tournament are going to play in a round of 32 match. And okay. then technically the Georgia divisional final is going to be a round of 32 match for all intents and purposes, just because the winner of that is going to face the winner of that Mid-Atlantic, Mid-South match, if that makes sense. So that'll be a round of 16 game in the national playoffs.
0: You got me thinking I need to reach out to somebody to get confirmation on this. Because <laughs> what I read, it, 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 to me, it very clearly stated that that it was going to be regular season positioning. Obviously, maybe they're leaving it up to the conferences themselves in terms of how they're actually going to um, facilitate that qualification process. But the Midwest Conference, West Division specifically, is going to get two teams in. Um, now, I initially thought, based off what I read, that that was going to be okay. The, team, the teams that finish one, two in the regular season table are going to get those spots. Right. Maybe not, though. So, um, I will have to reach out and and get some confirmation or, or get turned down either way in terms of, uh, my initial thoughts on that.
1: And listen, man, I'm going to be completely honest. It's entirely possible that that was originally the plan and it's changed. I mean, I, it's, it changes every day. And even the people that, you know, I talk to that are running the thing, don't know what's going to happen, you know, tomorrow (laughs) or the next day. It's it's true. It's a wild ride, man. That's, and it's, again, it's, it's part of the gig, you know, when you are, you know, putting out a product that is designed to give as many people an opportunity, no matter what their financial situation is, no matter what, you know, their market is, no matter what, you know, whatever extenuating circumstance, if you're just giving them that opportunity to play and just giving, pretty much letting anybody in, you know, Oprah approach to soccer, it's, it's awesome. But then that's kind of the drawback, you know, that you have to get over. So, I mean, it's, it's totally worth it but there's those moments of like oh what's even happening like does yeah, anyone yeah. know yeah, genuinely yeah. no one knows we're going to find out when they release the playoff schedule <laughs> that's that's really when we're going to know
0: we also don't know where the world's going to be at as a whole and Two no. ones, right. I mean, question, over, I mean, I think last I checked, we're at like 43, 44% vaccination rate nationwide. And, you know, it all depends on locally the vaccination rates in counties and states, True. And,
1: True.
0: Um, you know, lower league soccer is, is more impacted by that than anybody because they don't have, you know, million dollar budgets where they can get planes and travel, you know, wherever they need to go, they need to, they need to raise money a lot, a lot of times for this sort of thing and uh, yeah. get themselves to these games. And, you know, where we are in terms of the recovery process from COVID is going to, I think play a huge factor into how those teams do that. And if those teams are willing to do that, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I hope this doesn't happen, but we could have a situation where, you know, a team wins the league, but maybe they just don't have the resources to, to travel for a national tournament type scenario you know we've seen and I will before.
1: tell you it has happened before um, yeah. and it's happened before with a team that was originally kicked out for doing so and has been reinstated that's in georgia um so that's happened before I would not be shocked if it were to happen again in a, in a capacity like right now just because like you said clubs are strapped man and people who would normally support them out of their own pocket are also strapped you know yeah. so they can't even help with you know things like like fundraising so it's a tough situation. It's uh, definitely not as simple as hopping on a plane and, and just eating that cost. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's a tough scenario, uh, but it's definitely happened before and I wouldn't be shocked to see it happen again.
0: Definitely. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Hopefully we don't get that situation, but again, looking at real life scenarios here with, yeah. with some of these clubs and the budgets that we're working with, it's, it's an interesting, interesting, uh, uh, concept. And so we'll interesting that is the that. word. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Lower league soccer. Interesting. That's really the one adjective uh, that that describes it. Um, But moving on, on Sunday, uh, this was kind of cool to see, actually. So Turbo Sports gets their first win of 2021, edging Inter-Minneapolis 3-2 at Seafone Stadium. I do the play-by-play broadcast for Inter-Minneapolis home games. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm not I'm not biased, but, you know, I always like to check up on them and see how they're doing. Uh, but I'm also very good friends uh, have become good friends since interviewing them on the podcast with Turbo Sports FC owner Cephas Dean and uh, on their Instagram on their Instagram story, they posted a video of them getting that winning goal. And just the guys in the press box are going nuts. Guys in the field are going nuts. I mean, this is a team that, that you know, it was their first win of the year. They had been struggling leading up to this point. And to yeah. get, a, get a, their first win like that, I'm not going to lie, although I uh, you know kind of do need to be a little bit, you know, on the inter-Minneapolis side here, uh, seeing, seeing that reaction and just seeing kind of the, the joy that that goal brought, knowing that they were going to get their first win was pretty cool.
1: Uh, dude, I don't believe for a second that you don't have at least a little bias for inner Minneapolis. <laughs> That's just judging from experience, you know, with with the the calls that I've done. Uh, you you kind of develop an affinity pretty quickly. You yeah. learn the roster and stuff like that. It's it's inevitable. But I mean, it is cool. It's it's one of those problems that we have as as people who are covering the sport, especially you, with such a like kind of a proximity focus. You get these teams playing each other that you're like, I know both these guys that are running these clubs. I've talked to players on both these teams. I love them both. Like, <laughs> how do I choose who I want to support? Yeah. Uh, but it's always cool when you get, you know, little stories like that of, um, you know, just the, the emotion uh, and the, the humanity of the game, you know, because that's why we love it. That's why we follow it at the end of the day. It's it is a, a game that appeals to us emotionally more than a lot of other sports do maybe that's just me maybe it's a hot take some baseball fan out there is going to get mad at me but uh I mean,
0: we each have our own our own things that we're passionate about right i mean
1: that's true. why you and me yeah. have
0: you the, have these podcasts we're not making money yeah. off, off this stuff you know if we're doing it it's a, it's, a, it's a labor of love i can
1: guarantee you i am losing money <laughs> yep <laughs> but yeah it's it's so cool to see so hats off to uh to turbo and i know they've been involved with uh my friend josh's uh Bateau FC and in some friendly matches, they're a, they're a really cool club doing uh, pretty awesome stuff. So we love to see them getting uh, getting some some positive attention, getting that uh, three points.
0: Yeah, one of the coolest things was after after Inter played Valora, um, I called that match, oh, boy, and, um, um, and uh, Vlora beat them three one. Um, obviously, I'm very very um, I've, I've become very close with the owners of inter Minneapolis during this process. Cause they're up in the press box with me every time we're in a group yeah. text, you know, um, Jeremy Mitchell, Randy Kinde, all the guys there at inter are, are doing great work. Uh, but you know, I've interviewed Adi on the show. I've uh, audio from Laura FC I love that, man. from turbo. Um, and I actually got to meet both of them in person after the match. And, you know, I've had zoom calls with them. I've texted with them, Twitter message, whatever. But to just have those in-person conversations with those guys that I've never met before, but have kind of developed relationships with, was so cool. And uh, just talking about kind of making those connections and and getting getting to actually talk with these guys. And like you said, not necessarily having a uh, having a bias, but more just you become connected with these clubs and their owners and kind of what they're all about. And you hear their stories, and it's 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 just it's it's a really cool thing just from a personal standpoint to, to make these relationships along the way.
1: Yeah, man, for me, it's definitely the stories. You know, you start to hear why they're doing what they're doing, because like you said, we're not making money on this. No one that we cover is either. You know, that's the reality of this is people are in it for a reason. And that's, that's why I'm doing my podcast. I imagine it's a big piece of why you're doing yours, you know, is to tell those stories because they have to be awesome by default. Cause you don't just say, Oh, I just want to pour, 30 hours of my week on top of my two other jobs, you know, to start this soccer club just because it sounds like fun. Like no one, no one in their right mind would do that unless they had some kind of cool backstory and some reason personally to do it. So to unearth those stories that no one else is telling, it's the coolest thing. So so definitely with you there and and that in-person meeting, dude, it's the best. It's, it's, I finally started to have those opportunities because really both of us really got our start with podcasting in covid time so yes, we we exactly. haven't had a chance to do any of this in person it's almost weird you're like oh wait like you know my pot in person oh this is weird i don't yeah, I yeah. like i like it it's weird i'm gonna get Different. used to it eventually but uh but yeah getting to meet guys like ben goshorn you know in charlotte now and you mm-hmm. have to meet giovanni canyas uh, at greenville triumph he's a legend i at Man. that man is is fantastic so it just dudes like that then i'm like man i i feel starstruck you know like i interact with you on twitter all day but uh different in person for sure cool feeling
0: yeah it's it's awesome um just 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 the coolest thing and hopefully uh you know more of those in-person connections can uh can continue as you move forward um and maybe one day meet we'll meet danny who knows oh dude one day we'll happen. get a face-to-face that would be awesome um, all right, moving on. WPASL, the passle a uh, couple matches, actually, three matches. Um, this is interesting, Danny, because WPASL, um, due to scheduling and due to one of the clubs dropping out, St. Croix Valley, they're actually doing a few double headers this year. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard of any other leagues
1: doing anything like this? It is rare now, I'll tell you, because the UPSL. It- throws literally any and every possible scenario at you. that's something that i've seen especially in the mid-atlantic so in my current neck of the woods because i have like three um uh, in uh in, in the north carolina south carolina area of upsl uh it's uh it's happened a couple of times i think this weekend it's actually going to happen again mm-hmm. uh, but that's mostly just because you know it there's there's weirdness to the scheduling and clubs that have had to finish early or you know started late or had whatever thing going on that you know now there's clubs trying to catch up where the rest of the league's finished most of the southeast has finished all of their uh all of their regular season matches save for a couple you know so we've got one team that's got to get two games in you know in the next two days you know so so those scenarios have caused that to happen but it's it is rare and it's kind of fun. I don't envy yeah. the players who have to no. play twice in two days, but for us, it's fantastic. It's it's great to watch.
0: Uh, and what's interesting here is you have, you have situations where you could have a club who's back in the standings, but you get oh, yeah. two wins in a day and you get a good goal differential <laughs> there. Difference. And all of a sudden you're right back in it in one day. It's crazy.
1: Yep. yep. Looking at you, Hayward.
0: Yeah, Hayward with the doubleheader sweep. Now, now they flipped it on FC Benimo because FC Benimo did this last week where they got two wins, a plus four goal differential. So they went from having no matches and no points to being right there with Bateau after one day. Um, yep. And then they get a flipped on him with Hayward Wolfpack kind of turning <laughs> things around after a sluggish start, sweeping the doubleheader against Benimo, three to two and three one, those scorelines respectively. And then uh, Bateau... Tallies eight goals from eight different players. Very impressive in their eight-nil route of newcomers Poskin Jets. Um, teams like Poskin and Spartan at the bottom of Wapasle, um, just being completely honest here, have been have been struggling a little bit, uh, not only with numbers, but you know, with just kind of being competitive on the field to start off with. This is the growing pains though that come with, you know, starting a club, but starting a club in a in a grassroots level league like Wapasle, because what happens is in these leagues you start to get clubs that maybe separate themselves. Um, and Bateau is definitely one of those clubs. Lobos is there too. Um, so you do get, you do get sort of parody, but in the opposite direction where, you know, some of these, some of these standings or some of these tables can become really, really top, top heavy. Um, and I think that's what we're seeing right now with Wipassel. They're kind of in a stage where they're bringing new teams in, which is great, but the, some of these established clubs have gotten so freaking good that it's it, it leads to eight nil six nil type score lines that we're seeing right now.
1: I agree completely. And it's it's something that people talk about a lot with Nisa, um, with that kind of like you've got to have more critical mass, but at the same time, you don't want to bring in clubs that you know aren't pulling their weight and are dragging the quality of the league down. It's it's that problem on steroids because you literally have to ha- I mean it is hyper local, you know, in in Wisconsin where there's just there's not a whole lot of other options and you're pulling clubs out of, you know, non-existence, you know, you're pulling mm-hmm. St. Croix out of like, that's just a brand new club that has just started to be in Wapassel, you know? And, and I mean, there's a few clubs like that, um, that are mostly towards, the, I mean, there's Barron, I think there's like three teams in Barron. I don't even know where Barron is. I'm pretty sure it's like a tiny town. I don't know why they have three teams ask Josh about that. But but uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's interesting because like, like you mentioned, there's this, this disparity that just is inevitable because there's a couple of teams that are very serious, you know, and then, and there's a couple of teams that are very serious off the field and want to grow their, you know, community presence. And then there's, you know, maybe a couple more on top of that, that are focused on really growing their on-field presence and their, their, you know, ability with, with the players they have, with their quality. Um, and it's, it's showing, you know, it, it's be, it's very clear because you've got those brand new teams that haven't even existed before this you know, and it's just, it's a different stage of, of clubhood, you know, of yeah. life as a, as a soccer club, those first couple of it's like being a human, you know, like those first mm-hmm. couple of years of your life, you're changing a lot. You're growing at yeah. the highest rate, you know, in those first couple of years. So you're, you're looking at that and saying it's normal. It's, mm-hmm. it's a little bit weird to see. And and you don't love that on paper, but that's, that's how a hyper local league like this works. You know, you look at what pass and you're saying like, this is, this is frustrating for now but it's positive growth like this is what should be happening because what happens is people watch Bateau. people watch hayward you know kind of grow their their presence online and their their social brand and and their actual brand their logo you know they've grown these things and you watch lobos and and uh i mean clubs like that that are are at a high level on the pitch and you're like okay we have a we have a something that we can grow to within our league that we're we're watching them they're just like us you know they don't have any more money than we do yeah. they don't have any more resources they're in you know a 2000 person wisconsin town just like we are and they've got it to here you know so so mm-hmm. there's a chance for those those people that are new to watch and say this is where we could be um it's it's how that league should be growing mm-hmm. but it looks weird for now you know it's that disparity that's just it's yep. just natural
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the next few years look like for Rapazzo, because I looked at what the MASL is doing, the Minnesota Amateur Soccer League. They have four divisions, and they kind of have a pro-rel system (laughs) within their four divisions. And so you look at newcomers like Spartan FC and Poskin Jets, you know, would they be a little bit more uh, competitive? if this were a multi division situation in woopassle right if there was a division 2 that they could enter into as opposed to kind of needing to step up with the big boys right away when maybe you just don't have the resources or the you know the you know the, the ability to do so right off the bat and who could blame them right um so and i've talked to Kaden bergman about this before and he's he's very much sees uh, a multi division concept in the future for woopassle but Northwest Wisconsin is very much different than the twin cities. (laughs) I mean,
1: you have, you have
0: so many people here in the twin cities that you can make up four divisions worth of soccer and not really have to, you know, it's amazing what MASL has done, but it's, 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 you can, you can see it and you can understand it because the, the amount of people that are here Uh, in Northwest Wisconsin, in order for that to work, I feel like they would need to spread that maybe out a little bit, and if you're talking about having to travel three, three and a half hours every week, does that defeat the purpose as well of having a hyper-local type league? It's just, it's all those ins and outs and all those little intricacies that, that need to be figured out.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And especially you look at a division two, you know, where you're especially at the lower end of those financial capabilities and, and what you're willing to invest and what you haven't already invested in. Starting a club from the ground up—that's especially like, man, we can't travel more than three hours every single match day. You know, it's just there's a lot to consider there, so it gets a lot harder. But I'll tell you one thing, Caden Bergman, uh fantastic soccer mind, dude knows what he's doing, and uh I mean, I really like a prodigy as far as management is concerned. Yeah, he's uh, there's, young. There's, yeah, no, that's the thing. People don't realize um they—they kind of know of what pass will maybe, and they've seen you know the clubs and the growth, but. They have no idea how young that dude is. I mean, he's like my age, and uh, hmm. he, is, he is wise beyond his years. He knows what he's doing in the soccer world. He's seen what it takes to, to make soccer work at a lower league level, um, and you're seeing it with LaPassell. You're seeing you know, his expertise bleed through the the decisions that they make. So it's uh, a lot of respect for them that I have and, and for Caden. Uh, that, that's growing, and, and when the time is right to, to add that second division, I, uh, I guarantee you it's coming.
0: I'm, I feel bad because I've, ha- I've had Caden on the podcast before uh, very, very early on. Um, and I'm very much overdue for another conversation with them with the Wolfpack rebrand. Oh yeah. And WP and Wapassle as a whole sort of growing and, and being in another year um, definitely need to get Caden back on the podcast. So Caden, if you're listening, hit me up and, uh, <laughs> and we'll make something happen. Um, but sticking in Wisconsin, well sticking with Wisconsin club in Florida, uh, Forward Madison endure a pair of lackluster first halves in the Southeast. Uh, they came back to beat Tormenta 3-1 on Saturday after being down 1-0 at half and then came from behind twice in a 2-2 draw to get a point in Fort Lauderdale. Um, Sunday, back at Bree Stevens for another home match against Union Omaha. Very interesting news on Union Omaha today. Um, I'll let you check out Jacob Schneider's uh, Twitter account on uh, on twitter for that one that's another story for another day but any, anyways one of their players involved in some sort of fraud scam um very interesting news
1: <laughs> it's so weird man the the yeah. most random and and i well, i'll let people look this up for themselves but i mean it was it was so funny because like the 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 reason why he's under a criminal investigation is like not at all what i expected like it mm-hmm. it's 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 very bizarre. You go read it. I'll I'll leave you on that cliffhanger, but uh, it's hilarious. And I'm sure Gio Kanyas, my Greenville Triumph friend, is laughing his head off at them right now, because uh, that's their their big League One rival. But uh, it's so bizarre. It's, it's lower league soccer for you, man.
0: Yeah, it is. It's so weird. Um, but uh, yeah, go check that out if you haven't read that yet. Very very interesting stuff. Um, but at Bernie Stevens this weekend, capacity will be increased. Not yet up to full capacity, uh, but will be cool to get more fans. Inside Bree Stevens. Now let's transition into another third tier soccer topic because USL league one is in the third tier of the us soccer quote unquote pyramid. Um, and MLS this week actually just um, they didn't unveil plans. Jeff Reuter and the crew over the athletic, the amazing soccer crew over the, at the athletic um, reported this, that the MLS plans to launch a lower division third tier league of their own in 2022, Again, this would be on the same level as USL League One, but it doesn't look like it's in sort of any partnership or, uh, you know, uh, complement to League One. It looks like it would be some sort of direct competition there. And according to The Athletic, more than half of MLS clubs plan on participating um, at at, at this time, at this juncture. Um, It looks like in the first year there in 2022, the MLS two clubs, quote unquote, uh, would not be – forced or would not be required I guess to participate in this league but it sounds like there would be plans thereafter to sort of mandate that moving forward now why third tier and not second tier well it looks like third tier you can there's a little bit more freedom and wiggle room in the third tier. Um, there's only about a capacity requirement of like 1,000 for your stadium in the third tier, whereas it needs to be a little bit bigger if you're in the second tier, like USL Championship. And there's a lot of other uh, ins and outs that would uh, uh, allow MLS a little bit more freedom if they're in the third tier. Um, and there's, what's, what they're saying is this is built basically as a gateway between the MLS next developmental system to the main roster um, of MLS clubs. So this can be, I'm, I'm seeing a mixed bag of reaction from this on Twitter. (laughs) Obviously a majority of, of the lower league soccer base and fan base and clubs on Twitter are not happy with this completely understandable. Um, where do you sit on this Danny, um, this concept and, uh, you know, it's, it's potential impact on soccer as a whole.
1: I mean, like a lot of things, it's so complicated. Um, I, it's, it's hard to know where to start because on one hand you look at it and you're like, okay, D three, that's exactly where all of the, you know, the presence of lower league soccer and especially grassroots soccer, if we're talking about NISA,
0: yeah, that, NISA that's for- also oh. in division three, I should, I should specify. It's not just USL league one. NISA is also there. Correct.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. For, yes. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, so, I mean, that's, that is a hotbed for, the, the movement that is happening. And I don't mean like a, like a, like the, just the, the, the things, the moving pieces in lower league soccer right now, outside of MLS, that's exactly where they're coming from. So they're basically, you know, quelling the fire in the hotbed of what grassroots soccer is right now. And where a lot of hopes for the future of grassroots soccer are placed. Yeah. Um, whether you're an ISA person or not. Uh, I think most people who are, are fans and advocates for grassroots soccer have a lot of hope and faith placed in that league uh, to deliver some kind of, of potential um, for, for growth and for promotion to relegation to really be viable um, with a lot of, you know, farther down, lower, you know, kind of really hyper-local leagues like we're talking about. So, so with that in mind, you look at this and you say, mm, even, even if you can make the argument that it's not purposeful on MLS's part, which is probably doubtful, uh, but I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to get in too much conjecture like that. It doesn't matter a whole lot uh, at this point. I, I think it, it, purposeful or not, you know, power move or whatever, it's a problem. Um, and it's, it's concerning for me as somebody who, you know, is, is trying to advocate for these clubs and and give them, you know, the platform to, to, to freely pursue what they want to pursue. Um, it's frustrating. And it's not that MLS division three and in, in, in its core is bad because it's not grassroots or because it's not open. So, I mean, at the end of the day, whatever, I mean, if, if, if you're going to, if you're going to have a closed league and franchise, right. Do, do your thing. But it, it, it's, it's this league specifically as a difference from, you know, USL system or, you know, some, something else that somebody could say it's not grassroots enough. This is a particular problem for me. Kind of like the super league is a bigger problem for me than, you know, champions league uh, uh, kind of additions and changes. Um, it's, it's different and it's, it's going away from what I would like it to, but the super league is, is gatekeeping. Right. And it's, it's Mm -hmm. locking in who's where, um, pretty much for eternity. So that's, that's kind of what a good comparison is. I think going back to, uh, to the American setup and what MLS D three means, um, uh, the problem is MLS has a, a lot of power and bargaining room from, from that position, to be able to completely, you know, redefine what that D3 looks like. And dropping somebody else from D3 means dropping them from professional soccer, which means dropping a lot of what makes NISA what it is and a lot of the potential for NISA to grow and really be something that that challenges the top tier. Um, it's, it's a problem. Um, and as somebody who loves NISA, as somebody who loves lower league soccer, and as somebody who loves the opportunity for clubs to, choose what they're going to choose and you can choose usl you can choose nisa you can choose npsl choose what you want to choose but when there's a league that comes in and essentially threatens that right to choose that's my problem so i mean i don't i'm not one of those those people who one of those persons um i'm smart uh but but one (laughs) of those people who, who gets into that conversation of like oh this league is is more purely grassroots i don't i mean if you're a club that's that's Doing grassroots the way you do it and interacting with your community, that's what I care about. And those clubs are going to lose their opportunity to do that in a lot of ways through this. And that's what makes me frustrated about MLS D3 in particular. Um, I, 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 and, and there's a lot still to be decided. I think there's still a lot of question marks. It's still you know, a report and not an official. And that's the other thing. MLS is, is not announcing this at all. No, no, you know, exposure to this at all. And it's starting next year. It seems a little bit, a little bit shady and I yeah. don't like it. And it, it, it's par for the course for MLS. So it's, it's disappointing um, and it's frustrating and it, it's concerning, I guess, is a, is a good summary for me.
0: Okay. Let's take a walk down a hypothetical path here, Danny. Mm-hmm. So, um, obviously assuming this is in complete competition with USL and NISA, right. do we see kind of an alliance between usl and nisa sort of the enemy of my enemy is my friend in this <laughs> in, in this particular instance um and if you if you put that together usl championship usl league one nisa maybe even league two um and you come together and say okay we're gonna build something we're gonna build a system maybe even a pro rel system that directly competes with mls what does that look like is that good is that good competition is that a uh, is that walking down a you know a uh, walking, walking off a cliff. If you're a if you're USL and NISA in that situation, kind of what, what does this move in your opinion look like for the USLs and the NISAs moving forward?
1: Hmm. So to answer the question about what it would look like if they were to combine, I'll get back to whether I think that'll happen or not in a moment, but I, to, to answer that question first, I it's, it's kind of in its purest form, it's what I've been, you know, hoping and dreaming for for a long time is that that kind of collaboration between the two sides, you know, and those two kind of ideologies that, that come at lower league soccer in different ways um, I, to, to combine those and to have all those clubs in the same system it, that kind of combines the good of both of those two ideologies, because there is good in both ideologies that that for me is a is a best case scenario. In reality it's going to look a lot more like you know taking a lot more of what we don't like from both of those and making a lot of compromise and creating a system that that's a lesser evil yeah. um so there's we're not realistically we're not going to see uh you know a, a league with the quality of USL and their system um and their you know kind of um critical mass and their their revenue streams Combined with you know the lack of territory rights and you know the the smaller expansion fee, it's not gonna, it they don't you can't you can't unfortunately take the best of those two worlds in the system that we have. It's just how it is. Um and and so I think realistically speaking, the best possible scenario would be some kind of merger, and that's exactly the attitude that that's going to create. That is, we're going to create some kind of of temporary truce that makes this possible that keeps us alive. And it's going to look like a lot of compromise and no one's going to really like it that much, but they're going to tolerate it because it's going to be a lot better than the alternative, which is just complete MLS domination. Um, So that's that's what I think it would look like if it were to happen. Um, And the, the reality is and what makes me really most sad about this is if this goes through like we think it will without any context on MLS's end. Um, and, and it's, it's the, the, in all of our fears, you know, of, of this gatekeeping uh, mindset of this league being introduced, if all that's true, and we don't know if it is, but if it is, I, I don't see USL and ISA coming to an agreement. I don't see it. Um, yeah. and, and like I said, if it were to happen, it would be with a lot of caveats that none of us like, but even with those things, um, I just don't think it's likely. So it's, it's a, it's really a little bit depressing and, and kind of sad to think about. But if it really comes down to that, um, if it takes those two leagues combining for survival, they're they're too much at odds for me, and they've proven that time and time again. Um, and whoever's fault that is, we can we can blame fingers and, and point fingers, blame whoever we want to. Uh, I think that's just kind of that that's the reality of that situation. Is if it comes down to that, we're kind of doomed. <laughs> that's that's just it's not. I don't see it happening. Um, I've, uh, I've been proven wrong on that, uh, multiple times in the past. So, um, I don't know, man, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty scary to think about.
0: It is. And it's going to be, uh, you know, over the next year as we see this sort of plan more details come about, once we actually get the announcement from MLS and what kind of the details they lay out on this particular plan. Um, it will be interesting because, I, USL has, has, has gained significantly in popularity over the last yeah. just, just two or three years. you got the TV deal with the SPN. Um, oh yeah. I talk, we talked with on, on our talk and flock podcast, our forward Madison podcast. We talked with USL league one senior vice president, Stephen short last week. And he was talking about, you know, more expansion in league one and how this TV deal gives them a lot of freedom to do so. And how, impre- and how excited and impressed he's been with the the viewership numbers that these matches have gotten. And that's just in league one. I can only imagine what the USL championship, you know, looks like with more games on ESPN and more of that uh, sort of outreach, bigger markets, you know, things like that, how they're doing. So um, is it enough though to combat this sort of, I don't want to call it a a takeover because that seems like a a strong word, but to combat this sort of um, expansion into the lower league realm that MLS is doing, that will be interesting to see how those, uh, how those play out and how those kind of counterbalance each other moving forward.
1: Yeah. It's going to be a delicate balance, man. And, and I mean, if we're in, it, 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 it is, it's incredible what USL as a whole system has accomplished. Um, league one's grown a lot. It's got a lot of momentum um, moving it forward, pushing it forward. Great club. Addison's the Greenville, Rams, um, that are, that are making that league, what it is. Uh, championship to an even higher degree you know you look at uh, New Mexico United shining example of what a, a USL championship club can be Louisville City and in, in our kind of southeast corner um, great clubs and at, 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 at his core I think Jake Edwards is the the head of you know USL as a whole is um, a dude who really wants to see the change that we all want to see Um, how committed he is to it um, when it comes down to the bottom line and the figures and and the money and the politics of it. I don't know. Um, And he hasn't proven that he's really, you know, fully about that. And we don't, again, there's so many question marks, but uh, in itself is USL enough, even with NISA, let's even say they come to a perfect partnership and make it happen. Is that currently enough to combat what MLS could potentially be creating right now? Mm -hmm. I don't know that it is. Um, So we'll see. But like you said, that delicate balance, a lot still to figure out.
0: Definitely. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to kind of preview what's going on in lower league soccer and semi-pro soccer this week, um, this weekend, a lot of great games happening. And then uh, Danny's going to read a, a nice positive 10K review coming up. So stick around for that. We'll be back. But first, let me tell you about our newest sponsor, Surfshark VPN. Protecting your online data and information, especially in a COVID or post-COVID era, is more important now than it has ever been. Hackers, phishers, email spammers, they are absolutely licking their chops right now because things like remote work and overall more time spent online means more victims. Don't let that be you. Surfshark VPN protects your online data so you can browse and work with the peace of mind, knowing that you're doing so safely and securely. Surfshark has a super fast connection so your online experience will be uninterrupted And if you look at any tech magazine or online resource, Surfshark consistently in the top two or top three, and their price blows their competitors absolutely out of the water. Right now, you can get two years of full Surfshark VPN service on unlimited devices for just $2.49 per month. That's $2.49 per month. Month, you will not find a better deal than this. Just visit surfshark.deals slash 10k. That's surfshark, S U R F S H A R K.deals, D E A L S, slash the number 10. K10K, and you'll get that Surfshark VPN for just 249 per month. Thank you so much to Surfshark for sponsoring 10,000 pitches. And as always, I implore you, I ask you, please support the great companies and businesses that support 10K. All right, we are back on 10,000 pitches. Uh, Jeremy Rushing here alongside Danny Catula from Small World Soccer. Uh, so Danny, we talked a little bit about um, you know, lower league soccer and, and kind of your expertise in lower league soccer, but I want to get into small world as a whole. Um, so how did this concept for small world soccer come up? You mentioned you'd only, you'd only been around for a little while, but how did this concept start and how has it grown to, you know, the, the, the SEO empire as you, uh, as you called it <laughs> earlier, uh, well, I that, wish that it is today.
1: <laughs> I wish man, but, uh, but no, so small world, as we know it, you know, I got I to take you all the way back, you know, to, to a long, long time ago uh, in an age known as August 2019, uh, when I was a uh, brand new college student, freshman at Lipscomb University, still enrolled there. Um, so uh, well, I'm, a, I'm a public relations and Spanish double major and uh, wow. in PR, one of my, uh, my first kind of capstone assignments, right, for the whole class and one of my intro to PR classes was to start a blog uh, and the idea was you kind of use the social media as a tool to kind of promote it and things like that yep. and I when I tell you I like I didn't I had never had a Twitter account I had Facebook I never used it you know didn't have Instagram at all Snapchat, none of that stuff. I was just a, a complete socially isolated child um, and I was like what the heck do I write a blog about I knew it had to be soccer because I was soccer obsessed by that point um, but I was like I don't really want to do like, stuff that everybody's already reading about and, and caring about, you know, like your Manchester United, zero Real Madrid's like, I don't, no one's going to read that if I write about it, like there's already too many people. Um, and I've always kind of had this underdog spirit, right. That I, 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 I just, I have an affinity for, you know, people and organizations, whatever it is that are below the spotlight that are, you could kind of underestimate it, you know? So I'm like, you know, there could be a really cool idea here in, finding leagues that like i'm soccer obsessed and i know that these leagues is- exist but i know nothing about them yeah. like how how is that possible so I'm, i start to like kind of do some digging and some research and i'm like oh man i have stepped into a gold mine this is incredible all the stories and we've talked about the stories i mean it's just it's it's incredible how many amazing people who have amazing you know, just life stories and stories and how they got into soccer. It's just, it's crazy the amount of content you can pull. And it's so impactful. That was really mm-hmm. like, it was an assignment and I had treated it like an assignment for a while. Um, and uh, by the time the semester ended, people were really starting to catch on and, and you know, were following me on Twitter and, and starting to kind of really welcome me into the fold of this community. And I was like, yeah. man, people are paying attention. People care. And that was the difference for me of like December rolled around and I was like, okay, it's probably time to shut it down. And then I thought about, it, I'm like, I can't shut it down. Like there mm-hmm. are people that, that have more of a platform now because 30 people read my post about them. Like that's, yeah. that's, I was making an impact on somebody and I never thought that would be the case. You know, like I thought I would have three, three readers ever. And like two of them were my mom, but like, it, it, it's mm-hmm. just, it's been crazy. Um, so so i mean to 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 have that realization of like wow i you know what i'm doing isn't just this cool project like it's impacting people and and helping people run their clubs and 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 get exposure for what they love to do but don't have the time to tell their own stories yeah um so that's that's kind of the background that's what made me start small world and and since then it was a blog at first just kind of kept rolling with that uh second semester in school i uh, studied abroad in costa rica until COVID sent us home. So uh, I was abroad in a completely other country, just writing about lower league soccer um, and and news stuff as it was happening. Uh, Started a podcast while I was over there. Uh, Road noise is terrible in Central America. For those who are not aware, (laughs) it was a logistical nightmare. Um, I'm pretty sure that was the worst audio quality of any podcast I have ever listened to <laughs> and it was my podcast. So that was yeah, a little bit of I would like to think I've made a little bit of progress since then. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's just crazy to go through the story, you know, wherever I went and whatever I was doing, I just, I kept small world in whatever capacity I could. And now this summer, you know, I'm, I'm just really pouring into it and doing a lot more blog stuff. You know, it used to be like, you know, maybe a blog post a week on average, you know, four or five blog posts a month was about right. And, and, you know, maybe a podcast episode a week, every, every two weeks, uh, brought Josh Rampton helped a lot with podcast stuff. That man is a natural, as you mm-hmm. know, cause you've had him on yours. Yep. Um, and, and he's fantastic on, on the mic and just really knowledgeable, fun dude. Um, but then that really freed me up as the summer came around to start really pouring into blog posts too. So now it's like 15 to 20 blog posts. You know, we've got three, three power rankings posts a week coming out, you know, on, on yeah. different soccer leagues going on. So it's, it's ramped up. People are paying more attention than ever and, and really getting excited. People really see me as like an expert now, which is weird. Cause like, I'm just a 20 year old. Like I just, I just learned, I just was in conversations with people and picked things up. And yep. now obviously I've been talking with you for over an hour about literally <laughs> you know, and I've never been in Minnesota, you know, so it's just, it, yep. it's, it's, it's stuff like that. They like just being putting myself in conversations and being willing to listen to people and tell their stories. And, and obviously to tell somebody's story, you have to hear it first, right? You have to, yep. you have to connect with it and care about it enough to put it out. Um, so so all of those stories, all those people I've interacted with, all those connections, now they're paying off in a way that that people see a small world logo and they actually attribute some kind of like expertise or like, you know, brand to it of of you know, quality and of a certain and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Like I, I built a brand and I was really not even trying to. Like it just kind of it, it happened that way and and people sensed, I think, the fact that I was genuine and there's just such a lack of of people who genuinely care um, at this yeah. level. So, um, so as a neutral party, as somebody who's who's very much, you know, it, it's it's less journalistic and more, you know, kind of entertainment and and promotion and completely neutral coverage, which is just rare. You know, it doesn't happen. It's it's mostly, you know, there's there's club based podcasts, you know, or maybe there's you know like a a blog about a, a certain league or a certain division or a certain region, you know, but like. it's it's so rare that somebody just completely unbiasedly with no agenda no anything like that just just comes in and wants to cover it so uh, it's been incredible i can tell you for the future we're looking at um some some possibilities of of trying to bring in more people who are in that position that i was who just kind of wanted to start something and 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 to write about lower league soccer and and hopefully bringing more people in who have that desire because again they're rare um, but it's just, it's, it's incredible. Cause I never would have dreamed I would have even kept it going much less that, you know, we'd, we'd be at the the numbers that we're at and they're still small. Like we're not, <laughs> we're not big by any means. It's still yeah. small world. It's in the name, but, uh, it's just cool that it's, it's grown this much and that, um, that people are having me on their podcast. You know, that's like, I'm talking about myself right now. That's, uh, that's something I never envisioned. So it's, uh, it's been a wild ride and I'm, I'm so much the better for it as a soccer fan, as a, as a, Global citizen, really learning people's stories as a um, as a person. Really, it's it's uh, incredible how impactful this passion project has been for me. So, uh, lots of bright things in the future, and I am not letting this go anytime soon.
0: Dude, back to being the the expert or being called the expert on something. I remember somebody (laughs) tweeted or like like mentioned ten K on Twitter and said they are the like foremost soccer minds (laughs) for like lower league in Minnesota. And I looked at that, and they are. And I was like you whoever tweeted that i unfortunately do not know who tweeted it uh but i was like you probably know more about soccer than i do like there's a very very good chance you know more about soccer i'm a fan of soccer i've never played a single second of organized soccer in my life i i am starting to learn more about tactics but again i've never played so i don't really know um so kind of similar to what you mentioned though like that's not what 10k we don't we don't we don't try to be like you know, breaking down, you know, four, three, threes versus four, two, three, you know, stuff Uh like that, like getting in the weeds like that. Sure. We have, we have tactical minds that have come on the podcast every now and then to talk about that kind of stuff. But for us, again, kind of going back to what you said, it's all about just telling the stories of these clubs and giving them the platform to sort of talk about, because some of these stories, man, I mean, talk about FC Minneapolis um ha- had them on and talk about how they kind of formed as a club and and kind of the journey that some of their players from you know from africa um from various places in africa ghana uh and, and other places uh you know their journey here to the twin cities um and having the opportunity to play soccer here um for fc minneapolis and how grateful they are for that opportunity um there's a, a kid for med city fc alexander a.j jarvis um just out of the blue last summer um, collapsed at his house and turns out he was diagnosed with severe plastic anemia, which is like a life-threatening illness. Oh. Um, there was a huge GoFundMe for him, raised more than like $8,000 for medical expenses. Oh. Um, he, he was back on the field for his college team this spring and now he's back in net for Med City here in the summer. Yeah. Just the, the, that's the kind of stuff, man, where, where you I'm just hear those yeah. stories and it's like, this is incredible. Like I'm, I'm so like blessed to get yep. the opportunity to just, cause it's not, it's not like I'm, you know, doing something. It's not like I'm reinventing the wheel. I'm simply asking questions about people in their lives and, and how they got to this point. You know, it's not that hard really. Uh, but it's, it's, it's more like the, the, the time investment, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the fact that like, I get the opportunity to do it and people like telling me their stories and, and, and we get those stories on, on the podcast or on the platform. Uh, it's just so
1: cool yeah nobody sits down with these people and just no. gives them a chance to talk and and to to share what they've learned cuz they've interacted with so many people as managers as coaches as as people involved in creating that club it's so personalized right it's it's so it, there there's so much interpersonal connection that's just naturally intertwined with that so i mean there's a natural desire to talk about that and to share what you've learned you know and to 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 the, it's a passion project it's it's you know the the legacy that a lot of these people are leaving on people around them, of course they want to talk about that and no one gives them that chance. Nobody's watching. Um, So, so to give them that, that feeling, at least for a moment, at least for an hour on a podcast that 20 people are going to listen to, like that somebody's listening, that somebody cares. People remember that. Um, And I've, I've made, some incredible connections and and some some really cool powerful friendships from that just from being willing to listen. Like you said, it's an effort thing. It's uh it's an effort and a time thing, and and people recognize that, and uh it's it's pretty cool when you get recognized.
0: Yeah, it is, and uh, I'm actually gonna disagree with something you said earlier about kind of the smallness of it, and um you know, it, it kind of had a hint of like oh this is you know more or less insignificant, and 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 it really isn't. It's you know, I have, I have friends who are kind of into soccer from like a surface level, a casual perspective, but they don't know the first thing about lower league soccer. Right. So they have like no idea what I do or what I talk about on my podcast. Right. Um, so they're like, Oh, like you talk about, you know, these, these teams, you must get, you know, you must only get like 10 listens on an episode or something like that. It's like, no, you, you underestimate the power of like uh, these clubs and their outreach oh, and they're standing in their communities and the people who want to hear these stories and who want to hear these stories told on, on the platform that we can give. So it's, it's like, true. you'd be surprised at the amount of downloads that some of these podcast episodes get not to toot the 10 K horn. Cause it's not me. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's the power of these communities and of oh, these yeah. clubs and of these, of these fan bases and uh, these these families that, that the, that the, mm-hmm. these clubs are involved, you know, have, have created and facilitated. Um, it's, it's amazing, man. And um, I've, I've been honestly shocked at how much this thing has grown 10 K. I mean, I, I say it every week, but like, you know, we just celebrated our one year anniversary. We're on, we're on episode 52. Yes, and it's like, you know, the fact that we've gotten this far and we're, we're growing every week and every month we're growing and it's just, it's, it's so cool. And the fact that kind of the, the lower league soccer community or the Minnesota soccer community, the upper Midwestern soccer community in general has kind of accepted 10 K, you know, when this really was started in May of last year as some sort of just like off the cuff, I have more time during COVID and i kind of kind <laughs> of interested in this, but no, again, kind of what you said, why you started small world. Nobody's talking about this. Why is nobody talking about this? if nobody else is going to talk about this, I'm going to start talking about it. Right. Like that's yep. kind of just how it started from a surface level perspective, exactly like that. And to see 52 episodes later, like it's, it's crazy. And it's, it's all thanks to the communities and the, the kind of the, the bases and the the people who follow and are, are passionate about these clubs and these leagues and these, these individuals who are involved with them, like, it's it's a surface that i've i feel like i've only scratched but there's it's so there's so much there it's like it's like stumbling into a whole new
1: universe like a whole new world oh, yeah <laughs> like it's it's, it's a twilight zone sometimes man yeah and these people you're talking about like families like dude they come out of the woodwork like it's like this team has like 20 followers how have 500 of them read this blog post like that doesn't that doesn't make sense exactly. it, but like they, they once, once it's shared, and again, like these are people's kids, they're, they're siblings, the people that they care about, and no one else is writing about them. They can't travel, you know, like across countries and across state lines and borders to watch them play in person. This is the closest they get to seeing and supporting their kids, their family members, their friends, you know, like it's, it's, it means that much to certain people. And, and, and you're right. It does get underestimated. And I tend to be one of those people who's, who's kind of like eh, not self-deprecating, but, you know, like I just we all, we all are at some level, though, right? Like we it's all true, like, yeah. like
0: like like we're all our own biggest critics, right? We all kind of That's true, at, the, true. at the very end of the day, we're always the first to kind of downplay kind of our, our impact and what we do. Um, and uh, kind of to that point i really don't think i mean i just created this platform and started asking people questions like that's really all i feel like i've done but it's re- it's been the stories that have been told by the people i've talked to that have really been the reason this thing has grown to where it is and i'm so grateful for that
1: yeah 100% the guests that come on they make the show what they are and really on that note uh josh is nowhere close to a guest anymore he's uh He's part of the the team, but I mean that dude has come on and and absolutely increased the value of of what these podcasts are for for a small world, and just really made that uh, into something really special. So shouts to him if he's listening, and if he's not, I'll make fun of him for it. Um, but uh, I mean, it's just it's it's all the people around us that that make this seem a lot easier than it is um, mm-hmm. and it really makes it a whole lot easier in reality than it, than it would be otherwise um, people that, that make this happen behind the scenes. Um, they're, they're pretty awesome. So
0: speaking of those clubs and those people making it happen, let's talk about what's happening uh, this week and this weekend in, uh, in the world of lower league soccer here in uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin. Um, we have a couple matches here tonight or one match that has gone final and one match that is at half um, Med city defeats LC errors, three to one. And it sounds like Eris were actually down to ten for for a majority of the match. So honestly, very kudos to them for, for being yeah for being down a man of a majority of the match and keeping it keeping it interesting, keeping it to that three one scoreline. Not 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 easy to do against a quality club like Med City. But of course, that means that the unbeaten uh, the battle of unbeaten is set for Saturday, uh, Minneapolis like City and Med City at Ador Nelson Field on the campus of Augsburg. six o'clock. And that's going to be on Minneapolis city's YouTube channel, uh, 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 a premier contest in lower league soccer this weekend happening right here in Minneapolis. Very, very cool.
1: Um, and who do you have to talk to to get on that call?
0: Dude? Uh, that call is, is taken. Uh, <laughs> Eric Nordquist and John Bisworm do an excellent job. On yeah, the Minneapolis City broadcast. That's that's Um, true. so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I could, I don't think even if I, even if I, Asked and, and beat down the door that they would let me in the, the break there. So
1: <laughs> John a um, pretty great name in uh, in yeah. commentary.
0: Yep, absolutely. So that is going to be awesome again. Six o'clock on Saturday for that one. Uh, but going back to tonight, we are at half in the Joy Athletic Sioux Falls match. Joy Athletic with a one nil lead over Sioux Falls. Um, Joy looking to get looking to get back in the win column after um you know an impressive opening couple weeks. And then, you know, as as many first year clubs do in their initial year, they sort of kind of hit that hit that wall of, uh, you know, the, the they, they start to play better competition and they start to kind of figure out kind of what their their, their weaknesses start to get a little bit exposed. Their their um, lack of experience in the league starts to get a little bit exposed. I talked to Joy Athletic, uh, uh, the assistant coach uh, and a couple of players last week about this, and they kind of admitted that, you know, their inexperience has kind of shown um, they've given up some, some late goals and some matches to sort of uh, give away points. Um, so they're looking to kind of turn that around. But again, the 1-0 lead for Joy over Sioux Falls there in uh, St. Louis Park tonight. Um, Saturday, like I said, 6 o'clock over at Ador Nelson, Minneapolis City and Med City. Um, Aris makes the long trip to Moorhead, Minnesota um, over there on the Fargo border uh, to take on Dakota Fusion at Jim Gotta Stadium, 7 p.m. That's like an eight-hour trip for Aris. Oh. Uh so that's going to be that's going to be a rough one
1: that sounds uh, horrible
0: yeah not not great uh and then sioux falls you better win that
1: if you're making that eight tri- eight hour trip back and you've just lost that that bus ride home is that's a long one not what you want
0: that's a long one yeah no, i mean even even if you win it's a long one but if you if you True. if you win at least it's bearable if you lose <laughs> can't imagine um and then uh sioux falls uh hosts duluth fc in sioux falls at michelinny field uh, that's a 7 p.m. kickoff there on Saturday. No Sunday matches in the NPSL, but next Wednesday, we got Dakota Fusion hosting Minneapolis City, Elsie um, Aris hosting Joy Athletic, uh, and Sioux Falls hosting Med City. Um, that's all three of those matches happening next Wednesday. Um, in the UPSL on Saturday, Minneapolis City 2 um, hosts the Dakota Young Stars at Ador Nelson at 3 o'clock. So it's a doubleheader. At Ador Nelson, you have Minneapolis City 2 and Dakota Young Stars at 3. And then uh, the uh, NPSL squad, Minneapolis City and Med City at 6 p.m. So uh, it could be a long day for some Minneapolis City supporters, but uh, two quality matches there for them to take in. Uh, Brooklyn Knights and Flora at Park Center High School. That's going to be at 6 o'clock on Saturday. Rochester FC, Granite City FC at RCTC Stadium there in Rochester. That's a 7 o'clock kickoff. On Sunday, the lone match on Sunday, FC Minneapolis hosts Turbo Sports at Osseo Senior High School at 5 p.m. And then on Wednesday, Vlora FC and FC Minneapolis. That should be a really good one between those two squads at Richfield High School. That's going to be at 7.30 on Wednesday. And then to Wapassel, the Connect Four Derby, the first 2020- yeah. well, 2021. the first ever edition with it being called the Connect Four Derby, right? Um, I, I so. believe. Yep. Hayward Wolfpack and Bateau. That's at two o'clock at Hayward Intermediate School. I'm sure uh, Josh Ramft and uh, Caden Bergman, uh, maybe a text exchange between those two. I'm envisioning a little bit of banter back and forth heading into that one. What do you think, Danny?
1: Almost certainly. If there's not, I will be disappointed. And uh, <laughs> Josh is going to have to fill me in on that because uh, that's that's one of the most fun parts of those rivalries is they know each other well. And and they both know they're in the game for the right reasons, but that does not stop them from uh, having a little fun at the other's expense, both publicly and privately. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. And then
0: if you're uh, in uh, Barron or close to Barron, um, Burr Street Soccer Fields is hosting a little Wapasal doubleheader on Sunday. First Barron and Lobos, which should be a great match. That's happening at 3.30. And then the nightcap is Poskin Jets and FC Minimo at 6. Again, both those matches at Burr Street Soccer Fields in Barron. And then as we mentioned before, forward Madison on Sunday at home against union Omaha. Once again, at Bree Stevens Ooh. seven o'clock on ESPN plus on Sunday. Okay. Danny, the time has come. Are you ready to read a positive 10 K review?
1: Oh, you better believe it. I, yeah. I have been ready for this for a very long time. Uh, let's see. Man, first of all, You've got a lot. Are you bribing people? You've got a lot of five-star reviews, man. I got to like, this is, this is taking some time to pick out like which one I want to choose.
0: Now they are organic reviews. We haven't paid anybody to leave reviews. There you go, man. I I bookend every episode asking people to leave reviews. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And and, uh, there was, uh, there was one point where we did make a huge social media push to get reviews. And I think we got a lot of those there. Um, But no, they're, they're organic. No, no financial, uh, you know, transactions have taken place, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in for, for, for reviews have, have not, that has not happened. There you go.
1: <laughs> That's impressive, man. I love it. Uh, let's, let's do this one from September 3rd, 2020, uh, an emphasis on local. Oh, I guess. <laughs> I just realized this is, <laughs> this was not on purpose. This is Josh. <laughs> this is Josh. <laughs> I did not know that. Should I still read it? I'm still going to read it. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) I just saw who wrote it. It says, I think it's great that Jeremy and 10,000 pictures focuses on the local game. Well, this includes Minnesota United FC. It's important to know that there's someone out there talking about collegiate soccer and non-league amateur semi-pro soccer as well. There's so many clubs all around the country with the twin cities area being a hotbed. Those clubs and colleges deserve the same level of coverage as the pro team. I like that one. And I do want to give an honorable mention to this most recent one on March 11th that says, mostly a good listen. I've enjoyed listening to the podcast and learning about soccer in Minnesota. However, sometimes you guys go way off topic, (laughs) maybe add a random discussion at end. It's still five stars. So, I mean, that's still, that's pretty good, but I find that hilarious and somewhat accurate. Yeah, I know. It's very accurate. Ethan
0: is the, uh, I mean, last week we went 15 minutes on, on Instacart shopping and, uh, the purge. So <laughs> yeah, that's,
1: that's very connected to lower league soccer. I don't
0: Absolutely. Loosely connected. Well, we found We found a, we found a connection to and from somehow. I don't, I don't remember how, but based on that two story. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: All right. Danny Catula, small world soccer, tell the people where they can find you and uh, support what you're doing.
1: best place is on Twitter. That's where all of our banter and our uh, pretend funny humor comes from uh, and is placed on. Uh, So that's SMLWLD underscore official because we wanted to make it hard for you. Uh, That is our Twitter handle. Uh, Again, you can look up small world soccer. Small world is all one word and it's all lowercase because we want to feel like we're a little bit trendier than we actually are. Uh, Instagram (laughs) is the same thing. SMLWLD underscore official. Uh, Small World Soccer, of course, is the name there. That's on Instagram. We're growing Instagram a lot. Uh, you will see pretty much all of our posts that go out. Definitely on Twitter. Almost always on Instagram too. Depends on how lazy I am on the, the morning. I and, hear that. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's the truth. Uh, and then Facebook. We're on Facebook as well. Uh, mostly just going to see you know uh, posts on on uh, blog posts being put out. That's just a place where you can keep up with those. Twitter. You're going to see a lot of retweets. A lot of you know curated content. Uh, if you want to know what's going on in uh, lower league soccer, that's a, a good follow. We think a little bit biasly, uh, that's our social media. We talked about this earlier, small dot home dot blog. That's where all of our blog posts live. They're pretty good because I wrote them. Um, and then, uh, podcasts, whatever podcast service you're listening to right now, we're probably on that one too. Small world, all one word soccer. You'll find us there. Our logo is pretty cool. That's how you'll know.
0: It is. It's a very cool logo. Um, and, uh, I, everything you guys are doing over there, Danny. I mean, it's, it's awesome. And, uh, I, I gotta admit you, you were honestly, you know, small world is definitely an inspiration for, for what, oh, what we, what we did when we started 10 K here. So, um, very cool to have you on. I appreciate you having me on your podcast. Uh, you got me beat two to one though. So I do owe you one here. So we will even that score and settle that score, um, at a, at a later date, a not so distant, later date i very much promise danny Catula from small world soccer thank you so much man this is a great show great conversation and uh hope to do it again with you soon
1: oh man i had a blast thanks so much looking forward to that equalizer